a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Welcome to Leading the Way Audio, where Dr. Michael Yusuf passionately proclaims uncompromising truth. Whatever the thorn was, wherever the thorn was located, it was painful. It was hurting badly. It's often buried deep and nobody can see it. Even your nearest and your dearest cannot understand and cannot see and do not have a clue of what's going on with that thorn in the flesh. It's constantly nagging you. It is constantly goading you. It's forever following you everywhere you go. It is something that you cannot talk about to anybody except the Lord. That's the thorn in the flesh. Life has its shares of joys and challenges. Sure, it's great when all things seem to be going well. But what about when adversity comes and settles in for the long run? Paul called it his thorn in the flesh. As we'll see from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, what you do with your thorn can make all the difference in the world. Today's Leading the Way episode is called Seeing Stars Instead of Scars. Listen along as, doc- Listen along as Dr. Yusuf begins. You know, from the youngest to the oldest among us, we all have experience difficulties, different difficulties, different trials, but we all have experienced them. From the bully in the schoolyard to the unexpected illness that hit us by surprise, we all face difficulties in life. We all face trials of all kinds, whether financial reversal or harassment on the job, we all face tough times and trying circumstances. Whether it is dealing with difficult people and unhappy marriages or fear of failure, we all face tough times. And whether you are battling depression or battling a persistent temptation in life, we all face those tough times. Whether it is chronic illness or crushing loneliness, We all face different kind of trials. We all face different kinds of problems. We all face different kinds of difficulties. Every one of us, it is part of living. But sometimes when we face those blasting times in life, those difficult times in life, we mistakenly call them a thorn in the flesh. I say mistakenly because these are not necessarily the thorn in the flesh that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Those are the garden varieties of trials and difficulties that Paul himself faced a lot more than 10 people in 10 lifetimes. Let me just show you this garden variety of trials and difficulties that Paul has faced. Look at the list. Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes less one. 
Legally, they could not get, lash a person more than 39 times because the 40th one's supposed to kill him. So by law, only 39. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And you think you got problems? Every time you think you have problems, I want you to go back and read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 and following. That will help you. And yet Paul does not call any of these a thorn in the flesh. Why? Because a specific thorn in the flesh is often associated with a great blessing from the hand of God. It is often associated with a special power and revelation from the hand of God. And in Paul's case, he was privileged to be taken up to heaven by God himself and he be shown things that he could not even verbalize in words, in human language. He was seeing all the glories of heaven. He was given revelations that very few people ever, other than perhaps Isaiah and John, ever seen. And so he said, because I saw all of this, because of all that privilege, and so in order to prevent it from going into my head and make me prideful, God permitted Satan to give me a thorn in the flesh to keep me from taking myself too seriously. And that's really the literal translation. The word thorn here is mean a splinter or a barb. It's what you see in the barbed wire. Or, or sometimes it refers to the end of the hook of a fisherman hook. It's so sharp. It's so painful when it penetrates. And the word flesh, the Greek word sarx, which sometimes it's referred to the physical body, other times it's referred to the unregenerated part of us. And here it's really referring to his inner being. The bottom line is this. Whatever the thorn was, wherever the thorn was located, it was painful. It was hurting badly. It's often buried deep, and nobody can see it. Even your nearest and your dearest cannot understand and cannot see and do not have a clue of what's going on with that thorn in the flesh. It's constantly nagging you. It is constantly goading you. It's forever following you everywhere you go. It is something that you cannot talk about to anybody except the Lord. That's the thorn in the flesh. But the most important part is this. Listen carefully. How you deal with the thorn, how you view the thorn in the flesh, how you use it as a stepping stone to a blessing can matter. And it can mean the difference between a life of 
positive living and the life of negative living. It can mean the difference between a life of joy and a life of sorrow. It's that much important. Secret number 14 towers, at least in my estimation, above all the others, the 13 we've seen and the one that is to go. It towers above them all in importance. Why? Because it touches every one of us. Number 14, probably the most important, and I want to tell you why. Because discovering this secret will mean the difference between a joyous life and a sorrowful life, between a positive life and a negative life. It will mean the difference between living the victorious life or a defeated life. It will mean the difference between being an overcomer or constantly being overcome. Listen, God does not just permit a thorn in the flesh willy-nilly. He only permits the thorn in the flesh only, 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 only when everything else has failed. (laughs) When he tried and tried and tried, but you're not listening. Finally, he permits a thorn in the flesh. Question number one, (laughs) do I have a thorn in the flesh right now? I bet so many of you are thinking that, right? Well, am I qualified to get a thorn in the flesh? Oh, I want you to listen, because <laughs> not everybody's qualified. <laughs> Do I meet the conditions for a thorn in the flesh? Ah, and what do I have to do to get a thorn in the flesh? <laughs> or really, more likely, what can I do to avoid getting one? <laughs> now, there has to be two elements in play, two components for a thorn in the flesh to operate. Element number one is that you have to be extraordinarily blessed of God. God has to bless you, had to have blessed you in abundance, in spiritual, material, whatever it may be. God has to overwhelm you with His grace. Component number two, or element number two, is that you have allowed these blessings, that you have allowed these gifts, that you have allowed these extraordinary things that God have bestowed upon you to get to your head, and you take credit for it and become boastful. This is precisely what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, I was given this incredible revelation that not many human beings can even comprehend, let alone understand me. I was taken to heaven, and I saw these spectacular things. But when these revelations got to my head, God allowed this thorn in the flesh to keep me humble. You know, I personally have a theory. It is not in the Word of God. It is not in the Scripture. I can't prove it to you. It's merely my, my own opinion. I'm trying to keep emphasizing this so you don't go and say, where did you get that? It's not in the Bible. And my theory about the Apostle Paul and the thorn in the flesh is this. At this time, when Paul was writing, he was a single man. He did not have a wife. He was not married. He had to have been married before because as a member of the Sanhedrin, the qualification is to be married. So either his wife died or his wife has left him after he became a Christian. 
So he was a single man at this time in his life. And many of the blessings, or one of the many blessings that godly wives have, did you guess it? To their husbands, that they are used of God to act as a vice around our heads. <laughs> That's one of the gifts that wives bring to husbands. Every time their heads try to get out of shape, they exercise their gifts. <laughs> you can't even verbalize that gift, but it's there. It's a gift. Believe me, it's a gift. <laughs> so to qualify for a thorn in the flesh, you have to have extraordinary blessing of God and a tendency towards pride for that taking pride of these blessings from God. Second question, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? <laughs> now, I've got news for you. I mean, people guessed at this for 2,000 years. I looked up about 50 and then I gave up. For 2,000 years, people really tried to take a stab at it, try to guess at it. Many of them said, oh, it must, must have been physical ailment of some sort, some uh, said, oh, it must have been migraine headaches. So, yeah, so others said, oh, ophthalmia, malaria, epilepsy, gallstones, gout, uh, rheumatism, intestinal disorder. Others said, oh, it must have been a speech impediment because he said, I'm not eloquent. But the truth is, there is nothing in the text to indicate that this thorn in the flesh was really physical. There's not a thing there to lead us in that direction at all. I told you already earlier in this message, this man endured more pain, more persecution, more harassment than 10 people would tolerate in the 10 lifetimes. But he never saw his physical pain as a big deal. He never really complained about it. Now, I personally have a theory again. Now, I don't give you those theories very often, but today I'm going to splurge, okay? <laughs> You know, it's just, again, it's my theory, and I'll tell you where it came from. We have been seeing week after week after week, message after message after message, that Paul's greatest pain, that Paul's greatest hurt was coming from the fact that his friend in Corinth have turned on him. That was his greatest pain, and we've seen it in every message. And that hurt him deeply. It pained him greatly. It devastated him severely that they will listen to false teachers and they would listen to false believers and they turn on their friend Paul who led them to the Lord. That pain has been going through the whole book as we have been seeing. And obviously, Paul had difficulty in letting that go. Listen to me. Some of you know this firsthand. When a friend or a family member turns on you for no reason or for a false reason, it is extremely painful. It is painful. Nobody can tell you otherwise. But listen to me. Not letting that pain go and place it under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can hurt you far more than any physical pain that you can experience. But the most important thing about Paul's thorn in the flesh is this. The Holy Spirit deliberately 
did not lead the Apostle Paul to tell us what it was. It's deliberate on the part of the Holy Spirit who authored the Bible. So that every one of us, every one of us, young or old, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of where you come from, every one of us who experience whatever thorn that we may experience be able to identify with the Apostle Paul. Whether you're going through physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, personal problems, financial problems, whatever it may be, you can look and see how the Apostle Paul viewed his thorn, how he overcame his thorn, and you see that the problem is not pain but how to deal with the pain. The problem is not his hurt, but how he dealt with that hurt. The problem is not the trials of life, but how you deal with the trials of life. Which brings me to the third question. How did Paul handle his pain? Was he excited about it? Paul did not run around and say, oh, praise the Lord, I got a thorn in the flesh. Isn't that great? No, 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 no. He didn't do that. You know what he said? He said, I want nothing to do with it. He said, I cried to the Lord. I pleaded with God three times. God, please take it away. Please remove it from me. He pleaded with the Lord. He wanted to be removed. He wanted nothing to do with it. He wanted it out of him. That's what he was doing. He didn't run around and glibly say, oh, praise the Lord. I got a thorn in the flesh. No, no, no. No. Question number four. Since he didn't deal with it this way, then how did he see that scar in his life as a star instead? How did he go from, get me out of this, Lord, which is where we, most of us are when we get into trouble, to saying, Lord, I'm going to brag about my weakness. I'm going to brag about my weakness. I'm going to brag about my failure. I'm going to brag about my suffering. How did he get from here to there? Ah, you see, the Lord ultimately ministered to Paul. He spoke to him. And the Lord revealed something to Paul that is vital importance for every one of us, wherever you may be in life today. God said, Paul, my grace is more than enough for you. That's the literal translation. He said, in fact, Paul, do you know what? My power operates its best in your weakness, not in your strength. He said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Here's what most people stumble over. They, They stumble over this one. See, when we have problems, when we go through trials, when we are facing tough times in life, our cry to the Lord is, Lord, get me out of this. And that's fine. That is absolutely fine. Let nobody tell you you shouldn't pray that. Don't do that. By all means, God wants to hear you pray. But here's the problem. Most of us, including yours truly, when I pray like this, what do I want to hear God say? Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Do you want this immediately or retroactive? (laughs) Right? Come on, be honest now. (laughs) I don't want to hear anything else. But yes, sir, and it's immediately. Oh, boy. (laughs) I have been through some disappointments with waiting like this. See, Paul heard the Lord to be saying, Paul, focus on my grace and the power of my grace. 
Focus on my power that continuously poured in you that will make your weakness look like strength. Focus on this. And Paul immediately concludes, once the Lord ministered to him, he immediately concludes, he said, God must want me to brag about my weakness. He must want me to brag about my insecurities. He must want me to brag about my failures, not my successes. In other words, here's what the Apostle Paul is saying to every one of you. He's saying that to me. He's saying, I am not going to dwell upon my scars. He said, I'm going to point to God's power to overcome. I'm going to brag about God's strength in my life. He said, I am going to place my confidence in His security, not my insecurities. He said, I'm going to see those scars for what they are, the doorway to God's supernatural power working in my life. So let me ask you, has your thorn created a deep disappointment in your life? Allow that disappointment to become God's appointment for His power to be displayed in you. Is your thorn a feeling of unfulfillment in life? Allow that to be God's opportunity to fulfill His promises to you. Is your thorn a suffering of mental anguish of any kind? Allow that to be God's manifestation of His healing power in your life. Is your thorn a physical suffering of any kind? Let that be an opportunity for God's power to flow through you and that you would experience it like you've never experienced it before. Whatever your scar may be, let God show you how it can become a star in your life. Ask God to show you His purpose for you. Ask God to reveal to you His power in you. Ask God to fulfill His promises to you. Ask God to turn around and reveal His glory in the midst of your thorn. This is Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If today's message on Leading the Way from Dr. Youssef has sparked questions, please consider talking with one of our pastoral team members. Start the conversation by filling out a short form at ltw.org slash Jesus. ltw.org slash Jesus. There are more than 2 billion unreached people on earth today. That's 2 billion people who don't know the life-saving truth of Jesus. 2 billion people living without knowing God. 2 billion people without hope. For too long, language barriers and limited access to technology have roped off remote parts of the world, making their access to the gospel almost impossible. That desperate need is why Leading the Way has developed The Navigator. The Navigator is a solar-powered audio device packed with scripture and over a hundred of Dr. Yusuf's sermons presented in one of 26 of the world's most spoken languages. It's solar-powered, durable and easy to conceal. The perfect tool for evangelism, discipleship and church planting in remote areas where there are no Bibles, no local churches and high illiteracy rates. 
Since the launch of the Navigator, Leading the Way has distributed over 130,000 of these smart pocket missionaries, and that number is climbing every day. The demand for the Navigator is tremendous, which is why an increase in Navigator distribution is one of the core goals of Vision 2025, Leading the Way's initiative to bring one million souls to Christ. To reach this profound need, we're increasing Navigator production globally, but we're also testing a new device as part of our Navigator outreach. This new device is uniquely designed to reach Arabic-speaking people in urban areas. Leading the Way is right now poised to begin distribution of this new type of navigator device to Arabic-speaking refugee communities across Europe, Africa and South America. The need is urgent. We must get the Word of God into the hands of people who have never heard the good news. The time is now. Your involvement today will provide the gift of the gospel, not only through the Navigators, but through all of our Leading the Way outreaches across TV, radio, online and more. Contact us to be a part of this move of God. Learn more of the global reach of Leading the Way when you call 1-300-133-589 or visit ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.